0: Chapter 107 of Strange Stories from a Chinese Studio, Volume 2. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Strange Stories from a Chinese Studio, Volume 2, by Songling Pu. Translated by Herbert Allen Giles, 1845-1935. to The Fisherman and His Friend. In the northern parts of Zhezhou there lived a man named Shi a fisherman by trade. Every night when he went to fish, he would carry some wine with him and drink and fish by turns, always taking care to pour out a libation on their ground, accompanied by the following invocation. Drink too, ye drowned spirits of the river. Such was his regular custom, and it was also noticeable that, even on occasions when the other fishermen caught nothing, he always got a full basket. One night, as he was sitting drinking by himself, a young man suddenly appeared and began walking up and down near him. She offered him a cup of wine, which he was readily accepted and They remained chatting together throughout the night. She meanwhile not catching a single fish. However, just as he was giving up all hope of doing anything, the young man rose and said he would go a little way down the stream and beat them up towards she, which he accordingly did, returning in a few minutes and warning him to be on the lookout. She now heard a noise like that of a shoal coming off the stream, and casting his net made a splendid haul, all that he caught being over a foot in length. Greatly delighted, he now prepared to go home, first offering his companion a share of the fish, which the latter declined, saying that he had often received kindness from Mr. Shi, and that he would be only too happy to help him regularly in the same manner, if Mr. She would accept his assistance. The latter replied that he did not recollect ever meeting him before, and that he should be much obliged for any aid the young man might choose to afford him, regretting, at the same time, his inability to make him any adequate return. He then asked the young man his name and surname, and the young man said his surname was Wang, adding that she might address him when they met as Wang Liu Lang, he having no other name. Thereupon they parted, and the next day she sold his fish and bought some more wine with which he repaired as usual to the river bank. There he found his companion already awaiting him, and they spent the night together in precisely the same way as the preceding one, the young man beating up the fish for him as before. This went on for some months, until at length one evening the young man, with many expressions of his thanks and his regrets, told she that they were about to part for ever. Much alarmed by the melancholy tone in which his friend had communicated this news, she was on point of asking for an explanation when the young man stopped him, and himself proceeded as follows. The friendship that has grown up between us is truly surprising, and now that we shall meet no more, there is no harm in telling you the whole truth. I am a disembodied spirit, the soul of one who was drowned in this river when tipsy. I've been here many years, and your former success in fishing was due to the fact that I used secretly to beat up the fish towards you in return for the libations you were accustomed to pour out. Tomorrow my time is up, my substitute will arrive, and I shall be born again in the world of mortals. We have but this one evening left, and I therefore take advantage of it to express my feelings to you. On hearing these words, she was at first very much alarmed. However, he had grown so accustomed to his friend's society that his fears soon passed away, and, filling up a goblet, he said, with a sigh, Liu Lang, old fellow, drink this up, and away with melancholy. It's hard to lose you, but I'm glad enough for your sake, and won't think of my own sorrow. He then inquired Liu Lang who was to be his substitute, to which the latter replied, Come to the river bank tomorrow afternoon, and you will see a woman drowned. She is the one. Just then the village cocks began to crow, and with tears in their eyes, the two friends bade each other farewell. Next day, she went to the river bank to see if anything would happen, and lo, a woman carrying a child in her arms came along. When close to the edge of the river, she stumbled and fell into the water, managing, however, to throw the child safely onto the bank, where it lay kicking and sprawling and crying at the top of its voice. The woman herself sank and rose several times, until at last she succeeded in clutching hold of the bank and pulled herself, dripping out, and then, after resting a while, she picked up the child and went on her way. All this time, she had been in a great state of excitement, and was on the point of running to help the woman out of the water, but he remembered that she was to be the substitute of his friend, and accordingly restrained himself from doing so. Then when he saw the woman get out by herself, he began to suspect that Liu Lang's words had not been fulfilled. That night he went to fish as usual, and before long the young man arrived and said, We meet once again. There is no need now to speak of separation. She asked him how it was so, to which he replied, The woman you saw had already taken my place. But I could not bear to hear the child cry, and I saw that my one life would be purchased at the expense of their two lives, whereupon I let her go, and now I cannot say when I shall have another chance. The union of our destinies may not yet be worked out. Alas, sighed she, this noble conduct of yours is enough to move God Almighty. After this, the two friends went on much as they had done before, until one day Liu Lang again said he had come to bid Xi farewell. She thought he had found another substitute, but Liu Lang told him that his former behavior had so pleased Almighty Heaven that he had been appointed guardian angel of Wu Jin in Zhao Yun district, and that on the following morning he would start for his new post. "'And if you do not forget the days of our friendship,' added he, "'I pray you come and see me in spite of the long journey,' "Truly," replied she, "you well deserve to be made a god, but the paths of gods and men lie in different directions, and even if the distance were nothing, how should I manage to meet you again?" "Don't be afraid on that score," said Liu Lang, "but come," and then he went away, and she returned home. The latter immediately began to prepare for the journey, which caused his wife to laugh at him and say, Supposing you do find such a place at the end of that long journey, you won't be able to hold a conversation with a clay image. She, however, paid no attention to her remarks and traveled straight to Chao Yuan, where he learned from the inhabitants that there really was a village called Wu Chen, whither he forthwith proceeded and took up his abode at an inn. He then inquired of the landlord where the village temple was, to which the latter replied by asking him somewhat hurriedly if he was speaking to Mr. Shi. She informed him that his name was She, asking in reply how he came to know it, whereupon the landlord further inquired if his native place was not Zuzhou. She told him it was, and again asked him how he knew all this, to which the landlord made no answer but rushed out of the room, and in a few moments the place was crowded with old and young men, women, and children all come to visit She. They had told him that a few nights before they had seen their guardian deity in a vision, and he had informed them that Mr. Shi would shortly arrive, and had bidden them to provide him with traveling expenses, etc. She was very much astonished at this, and went off at once to the shrine, where he invoked his friend as follows. Ever since we parted, I have had you daily and nightly in my thoughts, and now that I have fulfilled my promise of coming to see you, I have to thank you for the orders you have issued to the people of the place." As for me, I have nothing to offer you but a cup of wine, which I pray you accept as though we were drinking together under bank. He then burnt a quantity of paper money, when, lo, a wind suddenly arose, which, after whirling round and round behind the shrine, soon dropped, and all was still. That night she dreamed that his friend came to him, dressed in his official cap and robes, and very different in appearance from what he used to be, and thanked him, saying, It is truly kind of you to visit me thus. "'I only regret that my position makes me unable to meet you face to face, "'and that, though nearer, we are still so far. "'The people here will give you a trifle, which pray accept for my sake, "'and when you go away, I will see you a short way on your journey.' "'A few days afterwards she prepared to start, "'in spite of the numerous invitations to stay "'which poured in upon him from all sides. "'And then the inhabitants loaded him with presents of all kinds "'and escorted him out of the village.' There a whirlwind arose and accompanied him several miles, when he turned round and invoked his friend thus, Liu Lang, take care of your valued person. Do not trouble yourself to come any farther. Your noble heart will ensure happiness to this district, and there is no occasion for me to give a word of advice to my old friend. By and by the whirlwind ceased, and the villagers who were much astonished returned to their own homes. She, too, traveled homewards, and being now a man of some means, ceased to work any more as a fisherman. And whenever he met a Zhao man, he would ask him about that guardian angel, being always informed in reply that he was a most beneficent god. Some say the place was Shi Geng Zhuang in Changqin. I can't say which it was myself. End of chapter 107